Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Find your bulletin, if you will, and find the notes that are tucked inside there. We're in this series that seems to never end, doesn't it? That is talking about me and the other. How do I relate to myself and the other person that God wants me to relate to. We've taken that from John chapter 34. It says, Jesus is talking. He says, I've given you a new commandment. You're to love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the whole world that you're my disciples. So we've looked at several aspects of that. This morning, what we're going to look at is respect in relationships. You and I should treat each other with respect. We should treat the other with respect. So we're going to look at that today because here's the thing. We all have disagreements, don't we? We all have ways we look at things. No one in this room looks at life the same way. Little idiosyncrasies, little ways we look at stuff. But we seem to be living in a day and time where these disagreements kind of keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Would you agree with that? I mean, you look at what's going on politically and uh, we no longer can have an intelligent discussion about issues. Families split up because one side's a Republican and the other side's a Democrat or left or the right or, you know, and we make all these political issues and it's such a hot spot and it's such so tension and everybody tends to have a different opinion about it and we all disagree about it. You look at what's going on morally with euthanasia and women's rights and abortion and marijuana and alcohol. Where do we stand on that? How do you look at that? Well, I think it's this and I think it's this. Well, I look at it this way and I see this happening. Or we go into the sexual realm of things in our society, the sex outside of marriage, adultery, homosexuality, uh, pornography, gender issues, all of these things, and everybody seems to have a different opinion. Philosophically, we look at climate change and immigration and animal rights and and all of these things. So we all have all these political issues. We all have these philosophical issues, these moral issues, these sexual issues, and it just seems our disagreements just keep getting farther and farther apart and louder and louder. And that seems to be the world we live in. How do I treat people respect when there's such disagreements? How do I respectfully engage people? We're not prejudiced. We're not unloving. We're not trying to be offensive. We're not going to be hateful. So how do I do that? Because we always should display God's love. Would you agree with that? I mean, as Christians, no matter what our disagreements are or what's going on, you and I should respectfully deal with these issues with other people. You can't live in a world that says, oh, it doesn't exist, oh, everybody's the same. We're not. And here's the thing. You would think in this room there would be a lot of disagreement. But probably not. So maybe what I'm going to say today, um, you know, I'm probably just going to offend everybody. Yeah, yeah. Because we all disagree, don't we? Well, I look at it this way. I see it this way. So how do I respectfully talk to the others, the people I disagree with, and I disagree with people, take those other issues away. We still have disagreements, don't we? 
How do we do that? How do we handle this? So I'm going to give you four things that you and I have to address in our lives in order to respectfully have a right relationship with other people. Number one, understand the times. Now, here's the thing. We all have differences of opinion, and we all think we're right. My way is the right way to look at things. Oh, no, I'm very flexible. Until someone confronts you with a different way. And so we all have to understand that you and I live in a day and time that is difficult. And and the Bible is very upfront with us about that. It says, you should know in in 2 Timothy 3.1, Paul's writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, in the last days, there will be very difficult times. I don't know, I look around and I think we're there. People will love only themselves. What's our big problem? Me. And their money. That's a whole other issue right now, isn't it? They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving, unforgiving. They will slander others, have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They will be reckless. They'll be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. So as we get closer and closer to the end of this world, the return of Christ, things just keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse, don't they? Peter writes very similar words He says, look, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. Now, I believe we should do everything we can to stand for what is right. I believe we should do everything we can to stop the the movement of things away from God. But we also have to be realistic as Christians to understand that when times keep coming to an end and there is accumulation to thing that you and I understand this world just keeps getting worse and worse you think things are bad now just wait a few more years because biblically scripturally the bible tells us and warns us that as things get closer to the return of Christ everyone just does what is right in their own sight There's a word the Bible uses at times in different versions. It's called lawlessness. I don't want you telling me what to do. I have an opinion. My opinion's better than your opinion, and I'm right. And so the people around us, the people that we see, everyone is pretty selfish. And before you look, yeah, it's them. You better look in a mirror. Because we all tend to go that direction at times, don't we? thinking our way is better, our way is right. And so I have to understand the day and time in which I live. We don't like what we see happening, but we should understand it. And the Bible tells us it will just get worse. I'll go on. Unconditionally, Accept God's word. Here's where we start to deviate. 
God's word is the final authority in all issues. The Bible is inspired and it's infallible. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. Only the Bible holds truth and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You and I do not get to determine what's right and wrong. You and I do not have the proper opinion or the element of truth to say, this is what I believe. Well, if you don't believe what the Bible believes, you're wrong. Well, I believe it really strongly and sincerely. Okay, you're strongly, sincerely wrong. And see, you and I have to be careful because if we're not careful, we kind of deviate from what Scripture says to what we believe, to what our opinion is. The Bible, the Scriptures, is the truth in our lives. It shows us. The word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and moral. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. And what I see happening, even in the church is we begin to form what we believe about things because, well, you know what? I, I, I believe that uh, homosexuality is wrong until someone in my family is wrestling with that issue. And then when someone in my family is wrestling with that issue or my friend is wrestling with that issue, well, then I think I need to maybe accept it and change it and it's not so bad. It's wrong. Well, who are you to say that, Pastor? Uh, the Bible says that. You know, I don't get to determine what sex I am. God says you're male or female. He created that. And then even though the world we live in says differently, you and I have to stay strongly with this is what God's word says. Well, I believe, no, 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 not your opinion. Well, I, I have these strong feelings. Okay, they're feelings. Feelings aren't always truthful. Well, you know, uh, the culture we live in, everybody's accepting it. Shouldn't we accept it too? No. We take a stand. This is wrong. Abortion is not a political issue. It is wrong. You know, and if we're not careful, we allow our beliefs to be shaped by the culture we live in, by the experiences that we have, or by the connection we have with other people, and we allow that to dictate how I'm going to believe about certain things that become important in our lives. And as we live in these times where, you know, things tend to get worse and worse and worse, you know, 
we have to remain strong in, this is what we believe. Well, I don't see anything wrong with this. Okay, you may not, but what does the Bible say? Well, I don't have a problem with it. Well, what does the Bible say? And the moment we start making our own judgments about what's right and wrong is the moment we are going to be deviating from truth. And if we're going to live in this day and time and have right relationships, right relationships don't mean, oh, which is what the world says, if you love me, you will agree with what I think and what I say, and you won't tell me I'm wrong. No, I can love you and still tell you, you're wrong. Well, I believe God said, God told me. If God told you to do something that goes against what the Bible says, you're wrong. You didn't hear from God. You might have heard from the pizza you ate. You might have heard from something else. You might have heard from your desires because that's what you want to do, but you didn't hear from God. Well, that's just who I am. Well, that may be true, but Jesus came so that you could be conformed into his image and not yours. And the consistent idea for sexual experience in the Bible is chastity for those outside of a monogamous heterosexual marriage and fidelity for those in the marriage. Well, we, we can move in together and live together. It's fine. God understands. He understands. He calls it sin. Or do you come up, well, it's just a piece of paper. It's not, biblically, what does it say? And see, we tend to float with what the culture is saying. We tend to buy into what they propagate. Rather than staying true to, here's what God's word says. I don't get to determine what is politically right. God is not a Republican. God is not a Democrat. And if all you do is vote for a party, would you please wise up? You vote for a person. Well, I don't like either one of them. Vote for the one that will do the less damage. Vote for the one that is closest to biblical ideas. I don't get to determine what's morally correct. God determines that. I don't get to determine what's sexually acceptable. God says that. I don't get to determine what's philosophically right. Man and animals are not equal. Whoa, I think so. The Bible doesn't say that. But you say, well, I love my pets. Fine, but your pet is not a human. And they are not the same. But we live in a culture that values animals more than it values people. And so much of, well, I'm just going to eat vegetarian. Fine, if you've got a reason to do that, that's wonderful. But don't do it because, well, I can't kill the animals because that's not right. That's not more, it's not what the Bible says. See, and if you're ignorant of Scripture, you're going to make bad choices. And so God's Word is the authority for right and wrong. And if you try to tell me, well, I think God told me to do this, and it goes against God's Word, you're wrong. 
well, you know, I got this friend and they're really struggling with this, so I understand that, so I don't think it's so bad. Hold it. The Bible calls it sin. It's sin. First Corinthians 6, 9. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, how much clearer does that need to be? All of that behavior is wrong. And don't make one of them worse than the other. They're all wrong. Some of you were once like that. I won't ask for a show of hands. But you were cleansed and you were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. God has the ability to change lives. God does not compromise with what everybody else is saying is okay. In our world that we live in, things are going to get worse. Well, how do I decide right and wrong? What does God's word say? And you and I stay true to God's word. Not to the political stance not to, well, this is what the culture is doing. Not to what everybody wants to promote. This is what God says. So you and I come to that place where we unconditionally accept God's word as truth in all circumstances. Good? Uh, okay. Second, thirdly, unapologetically speak in love. So how do I address the people that are involved in these things? You address them as a kind, generous person. Our words and our actions should always reflect the character of Jesus Christ. We don't resort to name calling or harassment or hatred. We don't beat people up by using God's word. We don't go to them and say, you're a sinner and if you don't turn, you're gonna burn. We don't do that. We love them. We accept them. And we speak to them kindly. Remember our definition of love? And part of that definition of love is you can speak all the languages of the earth and you can speak heavenly language in the language of angels, but if you don't love others, you're just a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. You know what a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal is? It's what the two-year-old beats in your house that drives you bats. You're just a noisy thing that's irritating. Second Timothy 2.23. I say it again, Timothy. Don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only starts fights. Wow. For some of you, you might not have anything to say from here on out. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach. Be patient with difficult people. Anybody here know some difficult people? 
gently instruct those who oppose the truth. That doesn't mean while they're opposing the truth, I'm going to instruct them. If you get into a conversation, have the conversation, but be gentle with it. Perhaps God will change their hearts and they will learn the truth. They will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. 1 Peter 2.1, get rid of all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Well, pastor, I, I never talk badly in front of people. No, but you talk to somebody else badly about them. That the Bible calls slander. And that's a sin. And if all you want to do is complain about our government, if all you want to do is complain about the way people are acting, you just need to be quiet. Because that's not how we talk as Christians. We talk kindly about people to their face and behind their back. That's called consistency. And we do it with a loving way. 1 Peter 3, even if you suffer for doing what's right, God will reward you for it, so don't worry or be afraid of their threats. In other words, you do this, you take a stand. People not, I like it, but you're, you're going to do it in a way that's gentle and that's kind and it's respectful. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. If someone asks you about your hope as a believer, if someone asks you about why you believe what you believe, if someone comes to you and begins a conversation with you to talk about where you're at spiritually and where you're at with the, the situations and the circumstances, and where do you stand on this? Always be ready to explain it. Give them an answer. But here's the condition. Do this in a gentle, respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. People don't respond well when you attack them. People respond well to love. And you show respect to them for who they are. Well, I really can't stand what they're doing. Well, okay, keep it to yourself. That's your issue. Well, I can't love somebody like that. Yes, you can. How can I love somebody like that? Very easy. God loves them. God cares for them. Here's the other thing. God hasn't given up on them. Then if people speak against you, they'll be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. <laughs> oh, here we go again. Now I got to act like it. So I come to that place where I understand the days and time in which we live. I shouldn't be shocked by it. It's clear. It's given to us. We're told about it. This is the way the world's going to be. And then when I do that, I'm going to not be allowed that, though, to influence me because I'm going to stay true to what God's Word says. And if God's Word says 
right or wrong. I believe that no matter what I feel, think, or want. And then when I talk to other people, I talk for them in a kind, respectful way. And when I talk about other people, I talk about them in a kind, respective way. Oh, pastor, who does that? A Christian. Boy, no amens there. Last point unwaveringly love others. No matter what you do, no matter what you're like, I will love you. I have friends who are involved in some wrong lives. I still love them. I still care about them. I still try to have conversations with them. Not a conversation that says, hey, you know what you're doing is wrong and you need to stop it, don't you? But a conversation to let them know, look, I still care about you. I don't care who you are, what you're doing. I still care. And I'll be here for you. And I haven't, I'm not going to turn my back on you. Because God hasn't. No matter what people believe, no matter what people do, and hear me, no matter how people vote. I'm really not looking forward to this next year, by the way. Because everybody, oh, you got to do this, and you got to do this, and you got to say that. Hold it. Well, this is the right way. This is what's right. Well, the other side's convinced that's right too. We love people, period. We love them. Colossians 3.12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves. That's what he called you to be, right? You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Sin is sin. Now, we tend to make some more worse than the others, and sometimes the consequences bear that out. But we hate sin, but we still love sinners. And people of any kind, race, creed, belief, or anything else are welcome to come into this building. And they might come in looking weird, being weird, and everything else, but we will still treat them with love and respect. Because they will know we're Christians by the way we love one another, not because we believe something. And so the doors are always open. That doesn't mean we just allow them to take over, but it does mean we invite them in. Because who knows? I would rather have them here because there's always the opportunity for God to do something great. And we smile and say, welcome. Glad you're here. We don't go to somebody else and say, look at those people over there. Oh, boy. We welcome and we tell them the truth. You see, they will see the way we love one another and be convinced that God is represented well by our actions and attitudes and see what true Christianity is like. True Christianity means I love you. 
I have a stance on what I believe is true. It's not my opinion. It's biblically based. I'm going to stand true to that. But because I believe in what God's word says, I also believe that I am to love you as you are. Titus 3, remind the believers, that's us, right? To submit to the government and its officers. Well, I don't like its officers. I don't like the government. Okay? Submit to it. You see, as the world gets worse and worse, you think the government's going to get better and better? God's not waiting for the government to get its act together so that everything can be made right and everything will go well. God's waiting for the church to be the church. And the church is the church when we love one another. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone. In other words, if you talk bad about a government official to somebody else, that's called slander, to put them down. And must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Once we too were foolish in disobedience. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy and we hated each other. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love... He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. And he washed away our sins, giving us new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. His, he generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. So how do I respectfully relate to all people. It begins by understanding people are flawed and sin abounds. But always remember where sin abound, grace much more abounds. And that's the world I live in. And maybe you've been thinking you can fix it all. And maybe you need to develop a little different perspective of understanding. And then come to a place where I believe God's word is the truth. And God's word tells me that Jesus Christ is delaying his return so that more people can be saved. And I need to take what God's word said as truth, not what I feel, not my opinion, not what I think is right. What does the Bible teach me? And then I need to come to that place where I will talk in love with respect about all people because I love them. I love them as they are. And I will speak in a right way respectfully about people and I will love them as God loves them because he doesn't want anyone to perish he wants everyone to have eternal life that's the heart of God that's the heart of Christians so where are you at in that is it about dealing with the culture that we live in and 
just wanting to write it off and think God should destroy it and start again? Or is it an understanding of, hold it, things are getting wrapping up here. Things are getting to an end. We got work to do so that more people can know. And are you taking God's word as the authority in your life? Or are you just making your own choices by what you think and what you feel and what the people around you are doing? And are you willing to be a person who will speak words with respect and honor people as they are for who they are? And will you love them no matter what? That's how we respectfully relate to people. Father, this morning, you know our hearts. You know the things going on in our life that we struggle with. Lord, we're going to take a moment and just be honest with you, with ourselves. God, sometimes it's hard to live in this world and we just think it's lost and gone and it is lost, but we think it's a hopeless situation and it's not because there are still people who need you and you still want them. And we understand that wickedness will continue to abound. We understand that things will get a little difficult because things get harder, but we will not give up and we will not lose hope. And Lord, maybe there's some here today who've been forming some beliefs about something because of the circumstances they're in or the people they're involved with or because of listening to just what's going on around us and help us to take your word as the final authority in what's going on in our lives. And then, Lord, would you help us to have a conversation that is filled with grace and mercy and kindness And there's some who need to look at that. And Lord, no matter what people do, no matter how they act, will you help us to love them like you do? We thank you today for the privilege we have of serving you. We thank you for the direction you give to us in our lives. Would you help us to live in a way that people can look at us and the way we love one another and know we're Christians by our love? Help us, I pray. In thy name, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.